being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Alan Stack with us still from Stack Optical. Steve, of course, from Geno. Steve Horvath from Geno's. And question of the day, weird signs and bumper stickers. And, yeah, very nice day outside today as we head uh, through now the month of May. And uh, we are pretty much out of the winter slash uh, even spring months. We're now heading into summer, which I know for most people uh, is very welcomed. So, uh, I will get into here this hour as well some of the cars that I would not buy. Steve and I will talk about some of that. If you get any questions for us, lines are open, 303-477-5600. Text line, 307-200-8222. And again, any questions for Alan, specifically when it comes to glasses, what to wear, when to wear them. We've had all sorts of questions today, which honestly I did not Anticipate. So I'm glad Alan's here and appreciate all of you calling in and asking those questions. You can always call Alan directly, by the way, if you've got any questions at all, 303-321-1578. That's Stack Optical. You can find Alan also on our website, drive-radio.com. And I don't mention this enough. If you go in and see Alan, please make sure you tell him you heard him here and that you were listening when he was here with us and that uh, you know whatever needs you've got, he's there to help you out with, including... The eye exam. In fact, one of the cheapest eye exams in town by a very seasoned optometrist. So we're not talking, you know, big box store type stuff. They're going to get down to the crux of what's going on and then get you fitted with whatever it is you need. And as we talked even in the last couple of hours, uh, not only, hey, go choose a frame. Oh, right. Yeah, we're, we're not doing that. Alan will help you through the process of what should you be wearing that's going to fit you and work best for you. Yeah, right. no. When you when you come into the store, we're going to get to know you and find out what your needs are. We're going to take the time. Everybody's face is different. That's right. That's the best way to say that. That's right. If we were all symmetrical, I'd be out of business. Oh, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, you would be. Yep. If we were all the same, right? That's and we're right. not. We are not the same. So, anyways, Stack Optical. Anything you need from Alan, give him a call. Again, you can find him right on the website drive-radio.com. Question of the day: Weird signs and bumper stickers. Steve, have you found any? Oh, there's I see a lot driving around every day, yeah. by the way. Yeah. No, th- this one is uh, guns don't kill people. Drivers with cell phones do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's uh, very true. Uh, all right. Russ and Cheyenne's up next. Go ahead, Russ. Hey, I got a quick question for you. I'm not sure. I got a, a friend of mine getting ready to sell his excursion. Okay. He's got an o- uh, 2000 with a 7.3 in it. Yep. And uh, trying to decide what's the best way to help him sell it. Because um, obviously I hate going through the selling process of trying to to sell a car, especially I know that one's pretty unique. It is very because um, it's it's completely loaded. It's got a it's got like a four inch lift on it. Um, 
Is that something that I should try and do through, like, Worldwide? I was just going to say, you took the words out of my mouth, Russ. Uh, we're going to have an event at Worldwide, by the way, June 10th. So for all of you listening, we'll be out there uh, 9 to 1, June 10th at Worldwide Vintage Auto. So if that's something that you guys want to come out to and really see what they've got, see us at the same time, we're going to be there June 10th. But, yes, Russ, that would be right up their alley, and you, of all people, know exactly how their deal works. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I wasn't sure if it was old enough to actually. It is, and and of course that one's unique enough as well, Russ. Where and as you know, they can market literally worldwide, but that's a very attractive vehicle. What I mean by that is, there's people out there wanting that vehicle, searching for it. They may very well even already have a list of people wanting it. Yeah, yeah, because it's. I mean, it's low miles. It's it's been. It's worth good money, as you know. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was going to ask you is what ballpark um, are those going for now? Uh, I know that I've seen, up uh, there, depending upon 30s. what's miles on it? Uh, 130. And is it a limited? Uh, yeah, it's got leather, it's got everything. Okay, it's so if it's, a, if it's a limited, good shape, I mean, paint good, interior good, all of that? Yeah, yeah, it was garage kept forever. Um, I the buyer. Again, worldwide yeah, would know better than that than I, but you know they're they're bringing good money. Yeah, I, yeah, I just know that you know you can get good money out of them if you can find the right person. So. Yep, and it, and of course, as you know, they've got a huge audience for that because they're marketing all across the country. And to your point, right. also, they for everybody listening, by the way, if you've got any type of unique vehicle, classic car, something, even though this isn't considered a classic, it kind of is, Russ, because it's old enough now where that seven three. Of anything, especially an excursion, very, very desirable. Yes, they could help you move that vehicle very easily, and and they take all the hassle. As you know, they sell it, cut you a check for what you need out of it. They keep the difference because they spent the money marketing it, and away you go. Right. Okay. Done deal. Okay, I just wasn't sure because I know you had one of the guys in your group that's got a lot that he did consignments on. I wasn't. Yeah, sure that's was probably you know Ridgeline and Boulder, and I'm not saying that that they would not look at that as well. Uh, you know, Josh and Justin probably would do that the same way, but I think worldwide is going to have a bigger market share, uh, you know, uh, attracting people in than what even Ridgeline would have. Okay, that, that was my question. Okay, just because of how so, unique it is. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a beautiful truck. I yeah. Mean, I hate to, he's taken care of it for so long, I hate to see him not get the value back yeah, out. Yeah, don't, don't lose it. any money on that. Get the right kind of money out of it. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, that's what I needed. That's it, Russ. Appreciate it. Nope, and that's another one of our great sponsors, Worldwide Vintage Autos. Anything, if you guys are looking to sell, maybe you're, I don't know, you've got an estate or you've got something in the family and things have happened and now you've got this car or this truck or something that you're now sitting on and you don't know what to do with it, give the folks at Worldwide a call. They'll walk you through how that process works. In a lot of cases, even if the vehicle is not runnable, they have the ability to make it so. They'll come look at the vehicle. They've got folks that will come out and handle that, give you what, what the vehicle's worth, the price, the whole nine yards. And, yes, they can sign it. So once they sell it, you get paid. But they, on average, sell a car within 30 to 45 days. They, they know how to turn and burn these things. I don't know any other way to say it. They just, they've got the marketing down pat. They're marketing on a worldwide, literally worldwide basis. You can also go to their website and sign up for their Thursday newsletter. And for those of you that are looking to buy a car, what the Thursday newsletter does is they put that out ahead of the weekend when they typically launch all of their new buys that they've got. 
And what that does is on Thursdays, you have the ability to look at what's coming out on the weekend and kind of get first, you know, first dibs on it before what everybody else will see come Saturday on the website and so on. So anyways, Worldwide Vintage Autos are right on our website as well. Go to drive-radio.com. You'll find them there also. Troy and Little, or Troy and Thornton, not Littleton. Troy and Thornton, you're next. Good morning. How are you folks doing? Good. Good. I have a question about for Alan for about sunglasses and the quality of sunglasses. Is it worth it to go buy the high-end sunglasses for UV and UVA protection? Okay, when it comes down or, to the UVA and UVB, get yourself a pair of polarized glasses. They don't have to be expensive. Okay. Just the nature of that lens blocks out those rays. Oh, okay, good. But that was going to be my next question, too. Was I heard somebody say a while back that if a lens is polarized, it doesn't have a true UV protection in it. Okay, so, so you just a, a true polarized lens is a laminated lens. Just like your windshield, okay. a laminated glass blocks out ultraviolet light. That's why transitions don't work well in the car. Because your windshield's blocking out the UV. Okay, good. All right, so just, uh, I'm sorry, a a mid-range price on those or just a good quality? Yeah, you know, they're typically a decent quality. And the reason, basically why you want to get a pair of decent quality polarized is just for the clarity of the lens. Right. You get those $20 glasses at the the gas station that are polarized. Well, you, you look through those, you see all kinds of waves. So what you're basically right. paying for is the quality of the lens. So, you know, usually around 100 150 that's good. You start getting into three and $400, you're paying a lot for that designer, that brand probably, name. right? Exactly. Okay. Very good. May I ask another question about the trailer brakes? Of course. Yes. Okay. So my boat trailer a couple seasons ago, it blew a tire and it blew out the wheel cylinder on the, uh, you know, so I don't, essentially I don't have brakes because all the okay. wood leaked out. And I was just kind of curious, if, if I replace that, is, would it be advisable just to replace both wheels or just fix the one that's broken? I think, uh, it, it, I'm guessing it's an older trailer. Yeah, it's a 98. I would put them both on. Yeah, Do the shoes, yeah, too. Yeah, maybe. yeah, just do the whole thing. Yeah. You, you should. Shoes. I'll bet, Troy, you could buy a kit that's got everything in it, and I would do that. Yeah, there's a company like E-Trailer. Uh-huh. And I, I know they sell. Uh, probably buy the backing plate, everything, everything assembled, yeah. ready to go. You just take one off, put oh, a new one on. Bolt it and do, that's oh what I goodness. would do. Oh. That's even uh, easier. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, on a trailer, that's typically the easiest, cheapest way to do it. It'll be assembled, ready to go, drums, the whole nine yards. You pull it off, put a new one on, and away you go. Yeah, wow. that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I would do on both All sides. Right. Given, uh, given its age, I would do that, Troy. Now, you'll, as you know, you'll yeah. have to bleed that, of course, once you're done, which you know you can handle. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I appreciate it, and you folks have a great day. Hey, thank you, Troy, very much. I appreciate it. Next week, let me think about this. Probably, given the fact that I'll probably do this the week before Memorial Day, we'll do a little special on trailering. A lot of folks are starting to get those out, and then they'll be going off for the first run here over Memorial Day weekend. So give me a couple of weeks. I'll put some things together for that show before Memorial Day when it comes to trailering and uh, again, thank towing, you. Towing and all that. Towing the whole yeah. nine yards. So we'll get into that as well. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service specials this month. Get all four of your tires rotated and we'll do a complete brake inspection for only $29.99. Tires are expensive. And by rotating your tires every 5,000 miles, 
you will get longer life and even wear. You can also take advantage of Geno's $79.99 four-wheel alignment special. Potholes seek out your tires just about wherever you drive. Coming out of the winter months, your tires and suspension can have damage from icy roads and potholes. With a four-wheel alignment, you'll get better handling and longer tire off and pick up when ready. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA to check out all our Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. And again, Stack Optical with us right now. Alan Stack, 303-321-1578, anything you need. And you've heard really a lot of what we've talked about today with Alan. And again, I've, I've learned a lot. And I also know when it comes to eyewear, you get what you pay for. And yeah, we can try to cheap out when it comes to certain things when it comes to eyewear. But Alan, I like seeing. <laughs> the better I see, the better things work. Well, it's the same thing with your cars. 
You can mm-hmm. cheap out and go to the, some of these places. Yeah. and oh. I've Well, I also know this. Some people will complain about, oh, you know, I've got awful headaches, or I have this, or I have that. Right. It's like, okay, did you just change prescription of late? Did you change glasses? Are they done correctly? Because all of that can affect that as well. Yeah, that's right. That's which right. people forget. It's like, okay, did anything change eye-wise? Because if so, it can cause some of that. Yeah, no, that's We that's tend to true. forget We get a lot of people times. that get this stuff off the Internet and wondering why they're having all these problems. They come in and it's like, oh, my God, this isn't even your prescription. Right. You know, right. or the measurements. Where'd you, where'd they get the measurements? Mm. You know? So. To me, to me. There's no laws. That d- no. That well, and what I was going to say is yeah. buying glasses on the Internet is like buying shoes on the Internet. Right. I want to. I want to try them on. I, exactly. I'm that kind of guy with the foot where I need to know how does this fit. I'm going to walk in a little bit. You know, I want to. I want to walk around the store now. I will say once I have that and I know what I need. Okay, well now I could order another pair. That's not a big deal. Although I will tell you that not all shoes are equal. Right. Now I'm guessing the same is true with eyewear. That's right. Right. Exactly. Still has to be fitted, adjusted, and made to fit your face because they're not. They're not all perfect. Yep, no, we have people that, that come in and got their stuff off the Internet, and uh, there's no way I can... You can't put fit into a frame that didn't fit properly to begin with. Good point. You know. Good point. Okay, I've got time, and I'll have Steve join me on this as well. And this is a tough one for me, and I will be honest with you, because this past week I've had a couple of different individuals where I've been trying to help them with some car purchases. And, you know, doing my best with not being there physically in person, which makes it a little bit more difficult because, you know, they're doing a certain amount of the work as well. But just trying to get zeroed in on particular vehicles or a range of vehicles. And in this particular case, which is the most popular, uh, how should I say this, most popular type of car to buy today. That's the midsize SUV. Okay. Literally, most popular uh, type of car on the market today. It's why every manufacturer has at least one if not two or three models in that arena okay because it's the most popular it's like the station wagon of old you know the smaller station wagons when they started coming out they were very very popular because nobody wanted a big huge wagon but yet you couldn't get by with just a car with a trunk so you bought the midside station wagon and this the same uh in the arena today is kind of the same way on that now Everybody always asks, what would you buy? That is a, that's like asking Alan, what glasses do I wear? <laughs> that's right. I, I, literally, there are so many different makes and models. Depending on your needs. Yes, depending upon your needs. How much power, how much room, who's riding in it, what am I doing with the vehicle, all these different things. Now, all that being said, I can tell you the makes and models of them I would never buy. Now, I'm going to do this as nicely as I can. <laughs> I've got no skin in the game, no manufacturers, even though I drive a lot of new cars. I'm driving this week a Ford uh, Maverick, the, the Tremor version of the Maverick. Actually, one of you asked me a while back, do you ever drive Mavericks? And I specifically asked, can Is I get a Maverick electric? to drive? No, it's, in the, it's a oh, gas, okay. but it's the pickup car. Okay. So four-door, kind of a escape size, but it's got a pickup bed on it. Reminds me of a small El Camino. Thank you. It's exactly <laughs> what it reminds me of. It's like a little El Camino. Yes. Little, it's just below the ground. And I'll review that in the coming week because uh, I'm almost done driving it. I will say the first day I wasn't impressed. The more I've driven it, the more impressed with it I've become. Mm. Which is why they typically give them to me for a week because one day it's like wearing a pair of glasses for one day. Right. Sometimes you've got to you know, be with it a little bit to really understand, 
all the features and benefits of it before you just throw it out and say, I don't like it. So I'm learning. This is growing on me. Let's just say that. Now, I'm going to give you a few vehicles that I would not buy, and I'll give you the explanation as to why. And bear with me, because some of you may be driving some of these. This is not an attack on anyone. I'm getting hurt feelings. Yeah, no hurt feelings. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just giving you my opinion as, you know, what I would and would not buy in that segment. A lot of the Jeeps, yes, Jeep means just empty every pocket. So if you buy a Jeep, you have to know what you're getting into on the maintenance side. But there is a Jeep, probably two models of Jeeps, I would never own. The Renegade and the Compass. My least favorite Jeeps of all. The Renegade is a Fiat 500 with a different body. The Fiat 500 I would not own, and I would not own a Renegade. Sorry, just not a platform I want anything to do with. They're underpowered. They're ugly. Uh, maintenance isn't good. You know, Steve can attest to some of this. It's just not a good vehicle to own. Am I right? I agree. Okay. No, that's two I wouldn't get. So You're Jeep, right. Renegade, Fiat 500, that's, those are gone. And the Compass, same deal. Most Compasses have a CVT transmission. It wasn't the best transmission that Jeep even had CVT-wise. They're, they're just, again, not a good vehicle. So that's a... Two Jeeps that I just flat out would stay away from. And then my advice on Jeeps is, if you have the money to maintain one, fine. Knock your socks off. Own one. Or, or a father that owns an automotive shop. Yes. Yeah, that's my two daughters. <laughs> if you have that, be my guest. They are going to and will require more maintenance and more cost to own. Cost of ownership is going to be higher than some of their competitors. If you're okay with that, Will they run a couple hundred thousand miles? Absolutely, but you're going to spend money to get there. So if you want to do that, be my guest. Not a problem. The next one, this is almost across their entire, it is across their entire platform. I said almost. No, I'm, I'm, re, I'm changing it. It's across the entire platform. Now, if you have a lot of money and you like wasting it on vehicles, <laughs> buy a Land Rover or a <laughs> Land you know, or a uh, uh, Range Rover. Range Rover. Rover yeah, all the same. Right. They're even right now. They're even going through some branding changes because the way they've named that whole line is just utter stupidity. Some are Land Rovers, some are Range Rovers. It's all the same. They're all Range Rovers. They may have a Land Rover name, but they're they all are Range- beautiful cars. They are beautiful. Thank you, Alan. Yes, it's a very beautiful SUV. And if you have a lot of money and you don't mind spending it on your vehicle, sure, buy one. Be my guest. You are more than welcome to own a Range Rover or a Land Rover well, it, if it, that's it you. It is a status. It is, in a, a lot of cases, a status. status. They are expensive to own. I mean, we used to have JC's British and 4x4 on with Jeff, and I coached Jeff for a number of years, and I know what Jeff's average ticket price is. In other words, the average price of what goes out the door. It's double what happens in, or probably triple. It is, it is double what, to I, what I was going to say. Steve shop. Yeah, it, I was going to say it's double. Yeah. yeah. So that alone tells you how much money goes into keeping them on the road. So if you're somebody that's looking for a used SUV, you're in that you know twenty to thirty thousand dollar range. I would never, ever, ever buy a Land Rover because you're already kind of in a budget that. We're trying to make things fit for that particular, you know, make and model of car in that twenty to thirty k range. Which, if you're in that and you're not spending sixty k on a car, for example, I already know you're on a budget. Now that's okay. I'm not. I'm not criticizing here. A lot of folks are on a budget. That's fine. If you're on a budget, you don't buy a Land Rover 
or a Range Rover. Am I right, guys? Uh-huh. I agree. Okay. And, Alan, you're not even a car guy, and you're agreeing. Uh, yep. So it, it's, it's a vehicle that, yes, there's status with it. That's fine. If you can afford it, that's also fine. And I know some of you listening own them. That's fine, too. You know what you own. I'm talking about people that are looking at vehicles to buy. That's not one I would buy that's in that particular price range. The other thing about them is they depreciate really, really, really fast. One of the fastest depreciable vehicles on the road today, literally. You, you go buy a brand new one, and within two years, it's, it's a chunk of it's already gone. There's the only exception to that are some of the Defender models that even the new Defenders that are running around. And then, of course, we go buy an old Defender 90. Okay, everything I just said is off the table. That's a whole different world. That's a vintage car. It's going up in value. I'm not talking about those. Okay, I'm talking new Land Rover, new Range Rover. If, unless you've got a lot of money, just stay away from those completely. Next one, Mitsubishis of any kind. If it says Mitsubishi, run. Now, does that mean it's a bad product? No. Actually, Mitsubishi Worldwide, one of the largest companies out there, one of the largest Japanese companies out there. They build all sorts of things, big, huge equipment, machinery, you name it. Very, very large company, but their presence in the U.S. is not large. And in turn, when one of them comes into a shop like Steve's, you're waiting days or weeks on end to get the parts for it because the network of dealers and what's available for them is just not very robust. Is that I, a good I way didn't to know say where it? I buy them at TBC parts from. They're hard. There, there was over here. It's tough in this yeah, town. It, there's not a. It really is tough. It, again, it's another brand that I would completely stay away from. Even buying a new one, I would not buy a new one. Sorry. I just. Everything I just said still applies to a brand new one. Um. The next one, the Bronco Sports. Nothing against the Bronco Sport, but if you're going to buy a Bronco Sport, save some money and go buy a Ford Escape. It's the same car. Okay? Not the big Bronco that they just came out with. Those are not the same. A Bronco Sport is just an Escape with a little different trim package on it to make it look like a little Bronco, but you're buying an Escape. Rather than paying the extra money for the Bronco Sport, just go buy a Ford Escape. It's the same vehicle. And I'm sorry, if you can't buy a full-size Bronco, don't buy one. Don't boy, at, the, at those auctions, those Broncos sports, boy, they're really going off the... In, in the well, the, full, the regular Broncos are. Yeah, yeah. The sports, not so much. They're just an escape. Yeah. So, and, and it's hard to distinguish between the two, because I had some people early on, oh, I bought a Bronco, and I knew the Broncos weren't even out yet. No, no you didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you bought a Bronco sport. <laughs> no, I bought a Bronco. No, you bought a Bronco sport, because the Broncos aren't out yet. And sure enough, they'd send you a picture, and it's a Bronco Sport. It's not a full-size regular Bronco. Full-size regular Bronco, whole different world, and we're not getting there, and there's not a lot of those used on the market, and they're not in that range I just mentioned anyways, so you're not going to buy one of those for that, and if you do, something's wrong with it. The other thing I would never buy, and that's where I kind of started with this particular individual we're speaking to, is I would not buy a salvage title vehicle. Now, I know a lot of folks out there would. I'm not that guy, Okay. I, I'm one of those where I'm going to run from a rebuilt title vehicle, which is what they're technically in Colorado. And I don't care if State Patrol approved it to drive on the roads. Still not buying that car. State Patrol officer doesn't know how to fix a car. They just know that the lights are working, the brakes at that moment are working, the wipers are working, the horn works, and so on. They're not, they have no idea what went into the rebuild process of that car. In turn, that is a car I would completely run away from. They're good deals. Because they're typically going to be 10K less than their counterpart. 
there's a reason for that because it says rebuilt title on it and you can't even get the same insurance on that vehicle when it's all said and done so do not buy that vehicle even if it's a newer vehicle where you think it may still have warranty trust me it does not the manufacturer knows because it's been registered with them that this car was in a wreck it was totaled and it's no longer under warranty it could be flood it could be you name it alan go down the list could be a bad wreck whatever the case may be it is not going to be warrantable by the manufacturer once it's got a salvage once title. Once it's been totaled, it's, once it's all, done, it's all done. those are void. That's right. It's been, it's been registered. It's a done deal. So, Gary in Denver, you've got a question on Tesla's. I'll take you as soon as we come back. Again, lines are open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Did you know that for 27 years running, the number one reason for a call to AAA is for a jump start? At the center of your car's starting and charging system is the battery, which helps ensure dependable vehicle operation and starting whenever you need your car. Things like driving and weather conditions, mileage, vehicle age, or excessive electrical draws from the vehicle's entertainment system can all cause premature aging on the vehicle's starting and charging system. But the most common reason for a cold start failure is a result of improper maintenance originating from battery corrosion. Once a month or every thousand miles or so, you should inspect the battery terminals for corrosion or debris that may inhibit proper vehicle starting or charging. Ensure that your battery posts are clean and protected with an anti-corrosive battery pad and a sealer. And by keeping your starting and charging system well-maintained, you can always be confident that your car will start on even the coldest of Colorado mornings. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. 
Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. We are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Good friend Steve Horvath with me today. Gino's Auto Service and Alan Stack also with us today. Stack Optical. We've talked a lot about vision, eyewear, what to, what to do in a lot of different circumstances. So if you've got a question for Alan, he's still with us. You can call us now, 303-477-5600. Greg on the Eastern Plains, what's going on? Hey, John. I sure enjoy you. Can't listen to you every afternoon. But uh, so... Granddaughter got rear-ended driving a little VW Beetle, and they totaled it. Okay. Uh, she's going off to college at Pine Bluff, Arkansas. What do you think of the Korean cars? We just drove a little Sportage. Uh, she's, you know, she had that car paid for, and now we're, you know, looking in the $20,000 range. What do you think of the Kia Sportage? Depends on the year. Steve, Steve and I, through the break, we're just talking about that. If you get, if you get a ladle... A late enough model Kia Hyundai, I don't have any problems with them. Some of the earlier ones, yes, they had major problems. And when I mean late model, you need to be 2018, 2019 or newer. Okay. All right. And and you spoke highly just now. I'm not against, you know, the little Ford Escape or... They're pretty dependable. Good car. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. I mean, again, the only thing I was saying is if you're going to go buy a Bronco Sport, just go buy an Escape and save some money because it's the same car. Yeah, yeah, I hear you there. All right, John, I sure enjoy your program. Thank you, Greg. Keep up the good work. We'll do it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, and folks, please, I... I have no dog in the fight when it comes to cars. I don't work for a dealer. Nobody pays me. I'm just giving you what I feel is sort of the real-world experiences where I get feedback in from folks. I see them myself. I drive a lot of them, talk to guys like, you know, Steve and, and his, his uh, you know, Geno's and the, and the shops that I have on on a weekly basis. I mean, you just sort of start learning, you know, and some of it I just have known for years, you know, which vehicles are really good and which ones aren't. Which and Folks, I'm just going to tell you. I sent kids to college working on Jeeps for a number of years, so I can tell you straight up which one of these require more maintenance than others just because I did it for so many years as well. Buck and Cheyenne, you're not, you're up next. Good morning, John. Hello, Buck. Uh, sitting here try- I'm sitting here trying to control my ground squirrel problem and listening to you on the radio. You have a good pellet gun or twenty two or what are you doing there, Buck? <laughs> I'm using a, I've got a pellet gun, a couple pellet rifles, and also a pellet pistol. I'm in one of those homeowners associations where you're not supposed to oh boy. discharge firearms. Uh, so you're 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 uh, you're under the radar. Yeah, I'm under the radar. I know that, uh, it, it's a pretty good group up here. Uh, nobody bothers anybody. Well, that's good. I know of a few people have been using that's good. 22s at times. The reason I called, John, I see some of the, I'm kind of a country boy, and I I see their advertising, I believe it's FIP, and some of the other tractors uh, with, you know, 200-plus horsepower, and they're talking about their variable speed transmission. And I know they've been using them in cars for a while, but I can't believe that their longevity on those would be as good as... Uh, uh, shall we say gears or planetary or something of that sort? I just kind of wanted your 
They're not. Opinion on that. They're not. Even on the car side, Buck, they're not. And you won't see them in any of the heavier units as well. In fact, I think that's where some of the CVTs have really, in a way, gotten a bad rap, is people didn't necessarily use them the right way. The dealers didn't even inform them of some of the services they should have been doing. The manufacturers, I should say, even through the dealers, didn't tell them of the service intervals they should be doing. And in turn, yeah, there's a lot of those, especially early on, that just did not go very long at all. And even today, Buck, it's not my favorite transmission. Some cases, you don't have any choice but to buy one. But I can't, you know, unless they've done something very unique on the ag side, you know, on the tractor side, but the principle is still the same. It's, you know, it's two metal pulleys against a metal chain, and you, you can almost figure what's going to happen there. Four metal pulleys, I should say, on a, on a chain is essentially how they're doing that. Just going to wear out. Yeah, that, that to Asked. me, doesn't make any sense. You've got, yeah, you have, uh, unless you've got awful good oil in them, uh, you're going to lose some. You're going to have metal to metal contact. Always. A lot of it, much more so than yes. you would with the, shall we say, gears, uh, uh, when I mean planetary, Correct. Et Correct. I mean, really, and, and some folks will, will wonder even, well, what is a CVT? Most people have ridden a mini bike or a snowmobile at least once in their lifetime, Buck, and all it is is that exact same principle, only we bathe it in oil, use a metal chain instead of a rubber belt, and we use some fancy electronics to make it seem like it's shifting, but essentially it's just that old-style snowmobile belt type of clutch assembly in a car with a metal belt running the vehicle. There's really not much. The principle is exactly the same, Buck. Uh, so I, so I'm guessing we will probably never see anything like that, or at least in my lifetime, they will be able to design them. For example, to get them in, should we say three quarter? No. Or heavier? No. Pickups or no. trucks? Nope, not heavy enough. Not not that I can see. I mean, I think the what they're up against, Buck, is by the time you built heavy enough pulleys and a heavy enough chain. And had all of that dialed in, you might as well keep the same, you know, Allison-style transmission that's in it now versus trying to do that. I just, yeah. I, and furthermore, I don't know how in an inline application where the transmission is right behind the engine, it's not a crosswise transmission, I don't know how they'd ever make a CVT work in a regular inline drivetrain anyways. You can't, there's no way to get a belt in there to make that work. Keep in mind, on a front-wheel drive, they've got the ability to put that belt right behind the engine. The transaxle then is below it, and they can make that work a lot easier. On an inline assembly, I don't know how they'd ever do it. Okay, that's a, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Well, and again, well, in a tractor, they've got of... more room to do some sort of a CVT because you're you you know everything doesn't have to be in line like it would be on a heavy on a heavy truck. But I, I can't imagine one of those going. So we say ten thousand hours, no. let alone no. twenty or twenty-five thousand, like a lot of no. farm tractors go. No, I would say you'd be lucky on the ten thousand, half that. That's what I'm guessing. Well, I guess uh, I will let you go. Just want to say hi. No, thank you. Really enjoy your program. So. Appreciate you very much. No, and you know what? That's a good question. Even back to the what cars to buy. And I understand in that price range, that you know, twenty-five k range, you know, give or take some, some you know, thousands of dollars one way or the other. So say you use twenty-five thousand. I I also know that there is a 
plethora of vehicles, even some used Subarus, where you're going to have a CVT transmission in them. You're, you're almost, I don't want to say you can't get away from them in that market, you know, in that price range, but it's tough. You're going to find half of that market share having a CVT transmission. Am I right, Steve? Or at least a third, third to half. I mean, you I, look I at all of the, between Nissan, Subaru, even some of the Kia Hyundai products we just got done talking about a moment ago. Um, some Ford products Ford. have, about the only thing not running CVTs was GM. GM. GM didn't do much on the CVT side, which is really kind of odd because they're kind of one of those companies that if something's out, they'll typically jump on it and run. And they never did much in the CVT world. Think about the 79 Oldsmobile. Diesel. Oh, the gas diesels. <laughs> Alan. My, my, my old man got one of those. <laughs> that it lasted two years before it blew up. Yeah. That and folks, this is what happens, and I believe this is kind of what's happened with CVTs in a little in a little way. Bear with me. General Motors, with the car Alan just mentioned, ruined the entire passenger car diesel market in America for decades thereafter. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that that car was so bad, and I was around it back in those days, so I knew it very well. Worked on a lot of those when I was a young kid. They put such a bad taste in the mouth of people that bought diesel cars or even new people that owned those diesel cars. They were so stinky, smelly, low-powered. They were just awful cars. They literally ruined the diesel car market almost to this day because of what they did in the late 70s. That's right. It shows you how bad if you do a product, it'll screw things up. He had two cars. He, He bought himself an international diesel scout. Another bad one. Well, that actually, that was a decent, that was the a real diesel. The engine was great, that but was, the car was crap. But he loved hunting. I okay. mean, how many times we were up in the mountains and we are waiting for that thing to try to warm up because the diesel would gel. Correct. Oh, <laughs> correct. And then he thought, well, we better get mom a car. Well, we'll get her a diesel. Oh, they were oh, awful. Yes. And they, those weren't even a true diesel. That was a converted 350 Oldsmobile gas engine that they strengthened the bottom end and did some different things with the heads and so on. So it was a converted gas motor over to diesel, and they were absolutely junk. The only good thing about those cars is you could pull that diesel engine out, put a 401 Buick in because the bell housing and everything was all exactly the same, a 403, I should say, and you could put a 403 in place of a 350 diesel, and they worked really well. (laughs) But that was a whole different world back then and emissions and everything. But, yeah, that is an example of where with one bad product, you literally could kill the market for the next 40 years, roughly, because GM even tried the you know the diesel Chevy Cruze right. and some other passenger cars, and it's still to this day in America, there's not a lot of diesel passenger cars, and I blame it on that car. That's right. So we'll be right back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is LegacyAutomotive.com. 
Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679, and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Great picture, Steve, by the way. Where was that at? Uh, that, uh, oh, gosh, salvage yard in Colorado. Okay. Salvage. Okay. Old uh, I don't Buick. know what, I mean. Well, it's an old Cadillac, it looks old like. Cadillac convertible and everything. Wow. Still sitting there, people taking parts off. Oh, my word. <laughs> All these years later. Again, Alan Stack with us, Stack Optical as well. Geno's, Steve from Geno's is with us as well. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. John and Littleton, you're next. Hey, John. Yeah, I always like your show. Thank you. I had, uh, I've got my cars hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles. I'm older than you guys, but I've got a 2006 Ford 500. It's got a uh, CBT, and uh, I like the thing. I mean, uh, uh, it's uh, Ford recommends sixty thousand mile oil yep. change yep. in it, you know. Yep. And I've got now I got ninety five thousand on. I'll get it changed out one hundred and twenty. But uh, you know, there was a hard time getting service on. I called dealers and their service advisors would say, "Oh, you know, fifty four dollars." I'm going, "Hey, the oil costs more than that," you know. Right. And uh, so there just wasn't any communication going on about it. But I do like the transmission. It's got a three-liter three, uh, three liter Duratec and, uh, and that, you know. And I, I forgot I those had the, the uh, CVTs in them back then. They, if they were maintained well, to your point, John, they would last. Oh, this thing is great. I mean, the only thing you don't have, which you can do, is, is have engine compression coming off a pass or something. Right. If you get it right in the right gear, 
at the right time, you'll have engine compression. you got to get it down into low, you know. But, you know, comp- compare that to some of the old transmissions, the old hydromatics. I've had those on the old Oldsmobile. But I had a 57 Chevy convertible with the old Power Glide, oh. and we used to call it slip glide right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was a word. I mean, I wore GM come up with that. After having the hydromatics for so long, I don't know. And what's funny is in today's world, if you're racing, you're looking for as many power glides as you can find, John, because they make a great oh, race yeah. transmission. Oh, great. But I, I, I was living in Montana. I had a long driveway in front of my place there and uh, backed it out on a cold morning. By the time I got to the street, the thing was leaking oil. I don't know. It just yeah. blew the seal out on a cold morning. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. It, uh, I, I just... You know, it, it works, I guess. I still wish I had the 57 Chevy convertible I had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, you know, I, I took it to the Lincoln dealer because I couldn't find anybody I thought was competent to even change the oil in a thing. It cost me 250 I don't remember now, 300 bucks. But I, I told the guy I wanted to, I want the filters out of it. He gave me, there's two filters in that transmission. And I didn't know that. But he, he must have took the pan off or something because he gave me two filters. That's tough. Yeah, so I don't know. good. Anyway, good. I, I like it. I, that's I good. No, that's good. Okay, man. All right, Talk appreciate it, John. Yep, and that's one of the few that that, and there's a few others where it actually works fairly well, and that's one of them. Paul and Loveland, you're next. Go ahead, Paul. Oh, uh, yeah, I was driving down 25 today, and I saw a Camaro, a late model Camaro, with a cowl induction scoop on, hood on it. Yeah, it's a ZL1 car. Oh, okay. I was wondering if I saw that... Thought it looked kind of it looked cool, but I was just wondering if it was actually functional. Yes, or if it was just for show, like screen nope. door on a submarine. I I have one of those, and it is functional. Oh, cool. Yes. All right. I had another statement you said about those uh, salvage cars. Yes. Back in the eighties, back in the eighties, I had this little uh, this little Ford. I can't remember what an Escort, I think it was, and it was a salvage title, and. I was, for some reason, lifted up the carpeting in it, and the inside of the front was blue, and the inside of the back was red. Oh, no. And it was <laughs> the, the car was the car was white on all on the outside. So yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, that one got pieced together. Yeah. Somebody took two and made one. Yeah, they used to do that a lot. Back yes, there. they did. I I knew a guy real well that actually could put two together and make a really good car when it was all said and done. And that was back before the salvage title days to where nobody would have known any different. And he did a lot of those. Yeah, a friend of mine worked in a body shop. Uh, it's very common back in the day, Paul. Yeah. You were saying uh, Jeep was just empty, empty every pocket. Just empty every and, pocket. Uh, now, yep, and now they're made by Fix It Again Tony. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're right, Paul. It's a fact. All right, man. I love your show. I love guys. you, Paul. Thank you very much. Nope, he is right on the money on that one. Don and Salida. Or, oh, Sedalia. Sedalia. Don, how are you? Good, John. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I got, I got a 2010 Dodge Ram Diesel. Okay. 3500. And I want to know what BG products. It has about 65,000 miles on it. Really, all you need to run on that is some uh, fuel conditioner. And you could do that every tank, every other tank, however you want to run that. Outside of that, Don, there's not much else you really need to do. Nothing in the oil? No. Okay, how about um, where do you get the BG products? 
uh, that you should be able to buy that at your Napa stores. And I don't know about the one in Sedalia, but if you come up towards Castle Rock and that, they'll have them there. Yeah, there's one in Castle Rock. Actually. Yeah, there you go. They'll have it. Okay, perfect. Perfect. That's all I needed. All right, Don. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for the phone call. 303-477-5600 is our phone number. And go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know what I saw on the road today was one of those, uh, I think they used to call them a dolphin, the uh, motorhome with the front end of a Toyota truck. Oh, the little four-cylinder. Yes. 22. I saw one of those on the road. Did and you really? Yeah, and they have, I haven't seen one of those Chinook. in a year. Uh, Chinook? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those in years either. Uh, and that was pretty unusual. I mean, and I... You know, flew past it. We were on the highway, and it, it was still it's probably still on the highway coming the same way. That's right. <laughs> but that was quite an invention. Um, yeah, no, and, but real quick, I'm trying to scan through. So I would not recommend a used Yugo. Um, no. <laughs> no. Uh, that, yeah, Russians don't know how to build cars, unfortunately. Um, yeah, no, uh, I would not do that. Somebody else said, did a couple of those gas conversions back in the day that I was talking about with Alan a moment ago and yeah pretty much fixed those and yeah they worked really good um uh too late three years of bad engines ruined the concept yes thank you so somebody's agreeing with me that yeah that whole just that whole concept of doing that diesel engine in that vehicle at that time uh it yes it, it really i hate to say this folks but yes it really did ruin the market for a even today that there are people today that still remember those years the Allen and I Steve's of the, I mean we remember those cars still today because we're not that old and kind of grew up around those cars when we were younger and it's still there's still a lot of folks out there with a bad taste in their mouth for diesel cars because of that era even though since then there have been Volkswagens and Mercedes and lots of other vehicles on the road where they've worked absolutely fantastic it just still to this day has not caught on people driving diesel vehicles in passenger cars. It's okay but, for but the in, trucks. But, but in Europe? Oh, in it's Europe common it's, currents. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, so. most everybody. In fact, I haven't been overseas for a while, but the last time I went, I will tell you that it was more of an oddity to see a petrol, a gas engine vehicle, than it was to see a diesel engine. Just the opposite of what we have here. Typically overseas... They have got a lot more diesel vehicles. Pretty soon you won't see any do. in California. You by law, yeah, no. Oh my god. No, even big trucks you won't yeah. see there as well. So yeah, in this country we're going the opposite direction. We're trying to phase most diesel vehicles out, which let's face it, there's applications, especially if you're you know, hauling a horse trailer, a camper trailer, something like that up one over the mountains or anywhere for that matter. Uh, yeah, there's gas engines that will do it, but the diesel end of it has made it so much nicer and easier and the longevity and so on. Uh, but, yeah, Alan, to your point, they're going to do everything possible to cut those back. And the question's going to be, when they do, what's going to replace that other than just behemoth V8s, V10s even, which will then suck more fuel, which, at the end of the day, how does that help us out exactly. you know, environmentally when it's all said and done? I don't think that it does, so because sometimes we're short-sighted. Well, not sometimes. Politicians are always short-sighted when they look at policies and bills right. and so on that they make. Anyways, all right. Another full hour coming your way. Drive Radio. Don't forget, go to the website. Find folks like Steve and Alan both there, by the way, at Drive Radio. It's drive-radio.com. We'll be right back, though. This is KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. 
Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.